us with an everlasting love who has eternally forgiven our sins given us the gift of righteousness given us unstained innocence before him that we can stand holy, unblameable unreprovable in his sight because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's give him thanks this evening. Let's appreciate the Father for all the word we have received since yesterday from this morning even till now for the realization of who we are in him of the Christ life we have on the inside of us let's give him praise and thanks right now glory to your name Jesus glory to your name Jesus glory to your name Jesus we give you praise oh God thank you for all trans right now and thank you for opening our hearts to receive your word in the name of Jesus Christ we give you praise and glory for in Jesus name we have prayed one more time celebrate the Lord tonight and please be seated Hallelujah. Uh, I'm so glad to be here again. Uh, it's feeling like home, and it's home. Uh, Pastor Flo is my brother, my friend, and I don't feel uh, like I'm a guest in the Logic Church. Yes, this is home. And so when I don't feel like a guest in the church, I behave like the pastor, so that's how good, that's how good it is today. But I want to really appreciate you so much and your beautiful wife. Thank you for being wonderful hosts. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you for, when I think of you, I just smile. Every time we think of you, we, we smile. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you very much. Reverend Peter, what do we say about you now? I honor you, sir. We're glad to see you again. Thank you for being who you are. The great, the great, the great uh, what you're doing in the body of Christ. How many have been blessed by his ministry? The gospel is fresh. But thank you so much, sir. The, the apostolic pastor feel. What, what, what can we say? But you know when I see pastor feel like the proud, are they proud? Are they proud? You know, I feel like I feel like a good dad. <laughs> but I thank you, Pastor Phil, for your, your labor in the gospel. You get better every time. Every time I listen to you, like, ah, Pastor Phil. <laughs> Maybe they call me, they share your reverence. <laughs> and this beautiful wife, Reverend Shecky. And Pastor Shecky, God bless you. Bishop, Bishop uh, Peculiar, I appreciate you, sir. Although pastors from uh, the Logic Nation, I appreciate you all. Thank you for the great work you're doing. Supporting our pastor, standing with him. I really appreciate that a lot. Thank you for supporting and standing our pastor, Kimabuja. God bless you. My brother-in-law is here. He's a, <laughs> he's a member of Logic by online. <laughs> but he's a, don't let Bolaji do catch this, hear this thing. <laughs> but he's a pastor in Harvest's Church. 
But he, uh, my, my younger sister and him, I mean, we, we love Pastor Flo. After I came the last time here, they, they joined the church online. Uh, I'm telling you, we, 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 we appreciate the grace. Thank you for being here, sir. Thank you for being here. He actually came from work to be a part of the conference. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Okay, hey, put juice on this one. The way that one be. Ah, that one get, uh, get juice. Uh-huh. Praise God. See cheating. They won't cheat me for this church. Hallelujah. Matthew 17. What, what do we say about the choir? Jesus. I, I said you just in Ghanaian. Jesus. <laughs> Let's appreciate the great, great, great choir. MVP. I greet you. Pastor Noble, my new member. Your letter of transfer has been written. <laughs> I appreciate you, sir. And then my sister, I appreciate all of you. God bless you. Matthew 17. Wow, what a church. I love you too. The church good though. (laughs) Lord. From the protocol to the team, all of you. Church too much. I beg, I beg, I beg. I'll not be a pastor for a member here. Matthew 17. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter and James and John, his brother, led them onto the high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Uh, in, in, in the other gospel, where this was recorded, the Bible says, well, he didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to say. He just, was just talking. He didn't know what to say. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out on the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. What? Hear ye him. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right. Glory to God. It says, and when the disciples heard it, they fell on their knees and were greatly afraid. But but Jesus came and touched them and said, arise, do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Someone say Jesus only. Now, um, Interestingly, God had spoken from heaven before about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 3, at his baptism, where he said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And we understand in scripture that when God says something twice, it's because it's established. In Genesis 41 verse 32, let's see that. Genesis 41 32, when God says something twice, it's because it's established and it must come to pass. Eh? And the, so, you know the dream that Pharaoh had, right? Okay, so, and the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it 
to pass. So we see God establishing that Jesus is his son. Jesus is the one who represents the father. Somebody say amen. Uh, uh, so so that, that if you must deal with me, you must deal with my son. If you're going to have any interaction or transaction with me, it must now be with my son, Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. That's why you see Paul writes in Philippians 3, where it says in Philippians 3, show me verse 3. Philippians 3 from verse 3, quickly. Uh, so for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, and we do what? We rejoice. Maybe we start from verse 1. Go to verse 1. Go to verse 1. Stop on verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord for me to write the same things to you. It's not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Underline that. Not be Benin, start. <laughs> if you grew up in Benin, you understand what I'm saying? Every, every, every gate, get beware of dogs. Who come? <laughs> beware of evil workers. Beware of who? The mutilation, the circumcision, who are the people who feel or who are adding to the sufficiency of Christ. That what Christ did is not enough. So listen, the way you run from dog, run from everyone who preaches or teaches that what Jesus did on the cross is not sufficient. Run from them like a plague. You know, let me tell you something. You know, when you are running from dog, you don't greet people. <laughs> wait, wait. I mean, say it in pigeon. Dog don't pursue you before. <laughs> you greet people. <laughs> Beware of dogs. He calls them evil workers. He calls them this mutilation. Because they, they, they were teaching that unless you are circumcised, you can't be saved. That Christ is not enough. Jesus plus nothing. It's nothing. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, look at verse 3. Verse 3. But we are the circumcision. Who worship God? How? In the spirit, so remember John chapter 4, the father was seeking those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. But he has found us now. We are the circumcision. And how do we worship God in the spirit and in truth? Is by rejoicing or boasting in who? Christ Jesus. And we have no confidence in the flesh. We are those who understand that everything we are Everything we receive from God comes to us by him. Our only qualification for receiving is him. Then everything that goes from us to God is only accepted because of him. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So in Romans 8.32, what did Paul say? He, said, he says, God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not... Hmm. with him, with him, freely give us how many things? So first of all, what this scripture does not say is if God gave you Jesus, what can he not give you? As good as that sounds, that's not what he said. What he said rather is when he gave you Jesus, 
along with, from the NIV you will say that, along with, Ibo man call and follow come. When you buy phone, you know they buy charger. When you buy phone, you know they buy earpiece. Except a stolen phone. So along with Jesus, come and say along with Jesus. So everything comes to me from God with Jesus. That's why I rejoice in him. But also everything, everything goes to God from me because of him. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? We see in Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be God and Father of Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in, Pastor will be teaching us that, in Christ, by Christ, through Christ. Now, in, we see also, also in 1 Peter 2, 5, show me. 1 Peter 2, 5. Not only do we receive everything by Christ, but everything goes to God by Christ. 1 Peter 2, you also as lively stones have built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Acceptable to God by who? So it is not the volume, the, how your voice stay loud, not God to accept your praise. It's not by your, the effort you put in the dance. Everything I give to God is accepted because of my faith in Christ. So because I am accepted, everything I give is accepted. So we read the story of Cain and Abel. And we say, oh, Cain's offering was rejected. Abel's offering was accepted. We didn't know why. And we come up with all sorts of stories why we thought it was accepted or rejected. But Paul tells us in Hebrews that by faith we understand that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. What is faith? Not be strong mind. Faith is faith in Christ. So by faith in view of the promised Christ, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So it is Christ that makes our sacrifices accept. That's why we rejoice in him. We rejoice because everything is of him, in him, by him, through him. Come and rejoice in this house. Glory! Now, what happened right there where God spoke about his son Jesus is what the theologians called the adoption. That's what the adoption means. The adoption is not going to an orphanage and picking a child. This thing that happened here is what is called the heothesia, the adoption, where a father publicly declares about his son that this, my boy, is now in charge of my estate. Is now in charge of my business. So, it's, hear this now, the word adoption is not so much as a word of relationship or as of position. So, it's not about relationship, but position. is the fact, is the act of God whereby one who is already a child, so only a child is adopted. The, the meaning for the world, you pick one who's not your child and adopt. But for Bible language, you must first be a child. Before you are adopted. So, so, so listen carefully. It's placed in the position of an adult son. Let me explain that to you. A Jewish boy goes through three major landmarks in his life. The first one is his dedication. At eight days, he's taken to the, top, to the temple and is dedicated. That happened to Jesus. The next one is when the boy becomes 12, he enters the family business. Then they do a celebration called the Bar Mitzvah. And 
I, and let me say this to you. This is important to learn. I believe that that was God's wisdom to deal with juvenile delinquency. I believe that was God's practical wisdom to deal with teenage problems. Twelve, about to enter teenage. Follow your papa, go walk. Learn the trade. Learn family business. So Jesus at twelve was in the temple having a conversation. And then Mary came and said, we have been sorry over you. He said, uh-uh, don't you know? <laughs> I shall be about my father's business. In other words, <laughs> that, that story long ago, wait, that story long. Because she was simply saying, <laughs> you and I know my real papa. <laughs> <laughs> that story long. <laughs> say, me and you know my rib, Me and you know say not be, not be, not be Joe. <laughs> Don't you know I should be about? So at twelve he entered the father's trade. When the boy, when the training is over, so that's why Galatians four teaches us that that though you are his son, show me that scripture. Galatians four, Galatians four from verse one. He says, now I said that the heir. As long as he's a child, different nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Next verse. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. So the Jewish boy is in that space learning the father's trade. It's up, um, the governor's tutor that teaching him. But a time will come where he's now 30, matured. The father now calls everybody, those that taught him and those that, were, were, that he was under, say from now. From now, this business now belongs to this boy. Everybody obey him. Don't deal anymore with me. Everybody go to him. That's what God also did for Jesus here. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? And say from now, Jesus is the one everybody goes to deal with. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. So Jesus becomes the representation of God. He becomes everything God is. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You know the story, Elijah Moses appeared. We'll, go, we'll talk about that later. Elijah appeared, Moses appeared. But he said, listen, forget Elijah. Forget Moses. Jesus is the one you must hear. So let me repeat again, not to be, not to be, uh, sound, sound like a broken record. Any God preached about, given to, danced to, sang about and to whose character is not consistent with the character of Christ as revealed in scripture is not the true God. The manifestation does not matter. Doesn't matter. Listen carefully. Uh, um, um, uh, um. Huh. Oh, Jesus help me. In, let me show you a scripture. 1 John 5, verse 20 and 21. Let me say that to you before we go further. 1 John 5, 20 and 21. Say this. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us what? That we may know him. Him. That is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God. And what? Remember John 17, 3. Say this is the Son of life that we may know him. Uh, Jesus, God, no, so it shall be John 17, 3. I'm not like Reverend Peter. <laughs> Let me not go and bite my tongue. 
<laughs> and this is life eternal, that I might know thee, the what? The only true God, Kai, Kai. That is through Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So we see it clearly explained in 1 John 5. Go to 1 John 5 now. Go back there. Can't just understand it or may know him that is true. We are in him that is true. Even in the Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and what? Now who, when you say true God, it means there's a false God. And what, and what do you call the false God? Idols. See the next verse. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to Christians. Little children, keep yourselves from words. He's talking to Christians, not unbelievers. It means there are many people inside church practicing idolatry. Because the God you think you are talking to is not the true God. How do we know the true God? The true God must look exactly and be consistent like Christ. What did Christ not do? Not the true God cannot do it. Example one. Example one. More they come, but example one. Who did Jesus Jesus take from to do for? Who came to Jesus for help? He said, before I help you, mobilize me. I need transport fare to go and meet God. Where God they far. Sorry for those who don't understand pigeon. Mm. Who did it take from to do for? Can I ask you a question? Whoever came to Jesus for him is for help. And he said, go on fast. Man of God, do you know something? When he came down from the mountain, you know that story that you could, you know, couldn't cast, he now said, why could we not cast it out? He now said, um, this can't go not out. So, it's not the man who needed help that had to fast. Now, who won't cast out devil? Now you're supposed to fast. So next time a pastor tells you to fast for your, to tell him you are supposed to fast for me. To help me. Not be who get problem, they fast. But who want drive out the problem, and they fast. People want, people, people not well, 100 days waiting. 40, in no way, no, 40 days. What now? What? Some of you, three years ago, you did 40 days. Two years ago, you did 40 days. This, what has changed? Am I against fasting? No. But the faster than minister to the Lord, not to transact for a blessing you already had. We are blessed already in Christ Jesus. Are they come? Are they come? So, so the, the, how we check, so what, like, like Pastor Peter said, Pastor Phil has been saying, Reverend Floss, we have been saying the same thing. We don't get carried away by God said. 
Because God said now, God said, no, 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 no. Which God? Which God? We have to put that God in the light of Christ and see if that character is consistent. For we take what you are saying. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So Moses appeared and Elijah appeared. Moses represented the law. Human effort. Human effort to please God and, and end righteousness. For the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Elijah the prophets, who we are just signboards to Christ. First Peter 1 tells us that they prophesied about the grace that was to come. They didn't understand what they were saying, but they prophesied about it. Not unto themselves, but unto us. So they were signboards. They were just signboards telling us what was to come. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So now Christ is here. Because Elijah and Moses, get out of here. Everybody hear him. Focus on him. Somebody say hallelujah. So we see Moses, for example, John chapter 8, a woman caught in the act of adultery. And they brought the woman to, to Jesus. And then they quoted Moses. Say, Moses in the law said, trying to intimidate Jesus. Moses in the law said that people like this should be stoned to death. What do you say? And you know the story, they say Ben Dan was writing on the ground. Theologian say he was writing on the hard ground. You know what, what, what that means? Say, the first one I may write out. The one that condemned her, I wrote it. This one now, I meet with the writer. What, I wrote what condemned her, I'm also writing what frees her. Is somebody here what I'm trying to say to you? But hear this. That's what they say when I was not there. <laughs> somebody say amen. But, but the lesson I want you to see there is, the true God does not condemn people. The true God does not condemn people. See, see, you must learn the difference between law and grace. The law makes demands on you and condemns you for not being able to meet the demands. Wickedness. It's like giving my primary five, primary five child now a PhD exam to do and condemning her if she doesn't do well. I did one MBA exam when I was doing MBA. Our invigilator that came to vigilate the MBA class, the, 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 that course, looked at the questions. He began to abuse the lecturer that said the exam. He said, what is wrong with this man? Because the thing hard. <laughs> when lecturer, the abuse another lecturer. He said, what is this? What is this? How can you say this kind of exam for people? <laughs> so, so imagine my daughter, like a challenge. Now that's the law. The law makes demands on you. And condemns you for not being able to meet the demands. But grace is different. Grace makes higher demands. Higher demands. But grace enables you, equips you, trains you, transforms you to meet those demands. And you know what it, does? it then does? Rewards you. Why would you still be in love with the law? And why would you be married to grace and still be flirting with the law? It's called adultery. 
adultery. Leave your ex alone. The law is your ex. Stop calling. Stop texting. You are married to Christ now. Somebody rejoice in this house. Listen. We see, we see. So the true God does not condemn. He saves. I say he saves. He saves. We see Elijah killing God's enemies. Let fire come down, burn them, kill them. Kill the, kill the prophets of Baal. After winning them, we win them, finish because they killed them. <laughs> not be, not be contest we do to prove who be the real God. I think you don't win. Is he killed them? That's what that's what that's what it, it, it represented. So one day Jesus was going to Jerusalem, no, eh? Samaria, and his face was bent towards Jerusalem, and the Samaritans said, "You can't enter here because the Jews hated Samaritans, and Samaritans hated the Jews." You know, you know the story in John chapter four where the Bible says, "And the Lord was going from Judea to Galilee, but he must needs go through Samaria." Samaria was the shortest distance between Judea and Galilee. So if you go through Samaria, you get to um, Galilee faster. But see what the Jews do because of their hatred for Samaritans. So let me use it for example. So this is, this is uh, Judea. That is where? Galilee. Huh? Samaria is here. Shortest distance. So I want to go from here to I just go like this. Abi? Judea to Galilee. See what the Jews do. <laughs> now Galilee where they go <laughs> their leg must not enter <laughs> Samaria Jesus <laughs> see problem guess <laughs> what I just did they, are, they must not so that's why the woman in Samaria was concerned what, what does a Jew have to do so when his face was bent towards the Samaritan said don't enter James and John, sons of thunder. See their name, wicked name. Say, Master, you? 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 Let's call down fire. Like Elijah did. Quoted the Elijah. The first one they called Moses. Now they called Elijah. Fire, let's go out. Hear what Jesus said? So you, and he turned and rebuked them. You don't know what manner of spirit you are of. Next verse. For the Son of Man does not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. The prophets called down judgment on God's enemies. But Jesus came to save God's enemies. For while, for, for, for Romans 5 verse 10. Show me Romans 5 verse 10. For if when we're enemies... Show me that scripture. Romans 5 verse 10. For if when we're enemies, we reconcile to God by the death of his son. My wife told me two years ago, let me say it again. She said to me, he said, who should you fear? The one who can kill his enemies 
but the one who killed his son to save his enemies. Now think about it. Think of, you see, that's why when we speak of grace, don't think it is God, is God winking at sin. No, no. It's not, it's not God just saying, you're sitting there, come on. Come on. No. He killed his son. Check Isaiah. It was the will of the Lord to bruise him. Moffat says crush. It pleased him to crush him. And we are standing here because of that. So when we say our sins are forgiven, not be joke. It's forgiven because somebody died. For he was given up for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Somebody say amen. amen. That's why when he comes back, now two faces they come. Two faces. Not the single. One face for those who received the gospel, who appreciated that sacrifice. And the other face for those who rejected the sacrifice. He will come with fire. Let me explain the fire to you. Hmm, I'm going to use this example now. Make, make another use it. Give the fear. <laughs> Dr. Foy. Let me use my friends. <laughs> what is his best food? What does he like to eat? Hear this story. This is how I want to talk so not joke, not trying for house. But just, what's his best food? Oyibo. Pasta. Here the pasta and plantain. Anyhow, it's the truth. So imagine you want to surprise him. You want to cook pasta and plantain for him. People like you go to the market, Abby. No, but you are defined. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you are defined. I beg. Who they go um, where they go to the market with the My 12. Not defined. My 12 people. You can go my 12. Eh? Okay, you go my 12. Okay. So, so imagine that you want to cook for him. <laughs> then you go to my 12. That day rain for. But you say, I love my husband. You went to the market. Mud everywhere. You fell on the mud. You got to cut yourself up. You still continued. You bought everything you had to buy. You got home. As you were cutting things, you cut your hand. Eh? Pepe, enter your eye. Or to tap on your hand. But I love my husband. He finished cooking and set the table. What tribe is he? And he began to sing Agbo love song. <laughs> he was coming home. Then when he got home, he saw nylon bag with him, bread. Table is set. He said, I don't feel like eating. <laughs> I want to eat bread. What will happen in that house that night? <laughs> so this thing, this thing where I talk so now joke, eh? Don't try it, man, don't try it. So, so if, now, women here understand what I'm saying. The fear, the fire. Now, that's, that's an idea of what will happen when Christ comes back. You refused the sacrifice. So when it says God is a consuming fire, it's not for believers. Check this. Or the priest wrote in Hebrews, those who reject the sacrifice of Jesus. 
Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? While we're his enemies, he gave up his son for us. Somebody say amen. amen. Glory to God. So Elijah, the prophet, he killed God's enemies. But God saved. Christ saves his enemies. Somebody say amen. amen. Lastly, so Jesus is the complete, say complete, revelation of God. Outside Jesus, there's no other God to know. It's everything. So in Hebrews 1, from verse 1 to 3, look at this. Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 3. God, what sundry times and in diverse manners, speak in time past to the fathers. How? By the prophets. Have in these last days spoken to us by now the teachers also that if you have a good Bible, his is in parenthesis. That means you can remove that. So he had spoken to us by son, which means that son, the son is not a messenger like the prophets. The son is the message. That's what that means. Whom he has appointed what? Heir of all things, by whom he made the world. Verse 3. Who being the brightness, the effulgence of his glory, and the express image of his person. In simple English, if God take picture, now Jesus you go see. That's the pigeon translation I just read. Do you know why book they had us for this country? You know why? Let me tell you. Imagine they taught us physics in Igbo. No, you, you know, just imagine. They taught us physics in Yoruba. We go the blast. English is a problem first, a problem. So we have to first learn English. <laughs> I, I, I did my NYC in Gombe State. I taught some children mathematics in Gombe State. I tried describing, teaching Pythagoras theorem. I talk, talk, talk. They don't understand. Holy Spirit now gave me inspiration. My house is here. There's a the road there. Then there's a field in front of the house. So we can go through, we can go straight or cut the field to the road. Now, when you cut through the field, right at the end of that place, there's Mekifi, he sells fish. So, with that, I gave the story. I said, Gida, road. Mekifi. Mala, mala, ah, mala. They grabbed immediately. Because I, I came to the, am I making sense to you? So, pastor, sometimes, don't know how they explain with you with the, 